This show contains coarse language and mature themes. Please be advised. Well, hello. Oh, hey. Welcome back to episode three of the same episode. <laughs> I'm listening. You are now listening to the Holy Fool Podcast. And we're back. Oh, hey. Hey, Beth. Haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> Welcome to the Holy Fool Podcast. This is my first episode, and... Today, my guest is Beth McCurdy, one of my oldest friends I've had since I was four. We've been through <laughs> thick and thin, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that's for sure. Um, so, I'm probably going to edit that part out right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, full... <laughs> yeah. so... <laughs> so, full disclosure, Beth and I actually recorded this episode two weeks ago we tried to do it on facetime and it recorded for six minutes and nothing else we caught for an hour hour and a half (laughs) yeah hour and a half and the whole time we're both pouring my heart out i know (laughs) i was like this is gonna be the best like it was like (laughs) like this is going so much better than i could have planned and then just done but the kind of not good news, but the bittersweet thing is, I talked to a few people who do podcasts and recording, and they said that that happens sometimes, and they've had to do it two or three times. So hopefully, <laughs> just two for us. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Beth pouring her heart out. So I hope you have some left to give. I wanted to kind of hear everybody's COVID stories. I I had asked folks on Facebook and Instagram to share and Beth came forward, which was actually perfect because I was thinking of her. She came forward to want to share her experience of having a baby during COVID. And Beth's story is also like pretty unique considering some of the circumstances, which you'll hear. So I guess... From our first recording, you had started off that your experience with having a baby during COVID actually began before any of the lockdowns, before birth. Um, It actually started mostly, I guess, in the workplace. Yeah. But even like before that, like, like 2020 was supposed to be our year, like the year to start our family, to have our best lives. Like, because we, as you know, like you were at the wedding at the end of 2019, like this was this was like the starting of our life. This was supposed to be like exciting and it still was very exciting just in a different way. We conceived in January to start the family and uh, Jake was able to come to the first ultrasound because things weren't that heavy yet in the COVID. Ari's trying to talk to you as well. (laughs) Uh, Hi hi, Ari! And that was the only ultrasound that Jake was allowed to go to because the rest of them, uh, I was the only one able to go due to COVID. And then at the starting of March was when I felt comfortable enough to tell work that the big news Mm -hmm. that I was pregnant. 
And that made three of us in the office that were all pregnant at the same time. And then just shortly after that, I think there was a fourth one, which is weird. And then in the mid-March, just before like everything got kind of scary, but like there was this talk of this of this COVID going around. 34 people from my work went to a Las Vegas convention for construction and they were coming back. So I asked HR, like, are we going to have them have the 14 day quarantine? You know, like all of this, us pregnant people are high risk being pregnant. And she basically said, well, we can't make them stay 14 days away from here and that you're not high risk. And then just over the weekend, after that happened on the Wednesday, is when like Canada got serious about COVID and then therefore my work. And there's an email that went around indicating that now the importance of the safety of the family of this construct of this construction company. So then I went in to work on the Monday and my supervisor uh, throughout this thing has advocated for me to work. She asked if I be put on sick leave because she didn't want me to get this COVID that they have been talking about. And so then I went in on the Tuesday and just to uh, get all my plants and some of my stuff and to talk to HR. And that's that day is when they like officially said that pregnant people are high risk. What so. was the date that like, or like what time was that around? Was that like March? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so my last day of working was March 13th. And then I think 14th and 15th is when the email came out. Yeah. And Canada was basically like, yeah, anyone coming in and out of the country should quarantine. Like, you know, to not be a dick, you should really quarantine quarantine for 14 days. Whereas HR, when I asked her about it, she was just like, oh, yeah, well, it could already be here. It could already be in the grocery stores. It could already be at our office. She really wasn't that much of a help. Well, you might already have it, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just don't be a dick. So my my supervisor was very concerned about it. So she got them to lay me off and go on sick leave. And then that next uh, week, I had to call EI um, to answer one of their questions that I guess I answered incorrectly. I have a question because I think the last time we talked, you had mentioned when you were trying to get your leave benefits that they wanted you to put down that you were sick. Yeah, it said, why Why are you wanting... One of the questions of the many... It took like an hour to answer all the original questions was, why do you want to be put on sick leave? And it said, like a, a work accident or uh, sick, physically ill or other. Yeah. So the reason... So the reason why I had to call them in person is because in the end, I found out I wasn't supposed to press other. I was supposed to uh, answer sick or like, I'm not sick. I'm pregnant. So that's what I didn't. <laughs> so that's what I didn't get. I was like, well, obviously I'm other because I, I didn't have an accident and I'm not sick. I'm trying to prevent being sick. Yeah. So other seemed to be the correct answer. And apparently it wasn't. Yeah, I just found that so interesting. Um, just considering like that was the only way that you could get your your benefits at that time. And then mm-hmm. in being in your condition, Beth, 
obviously you were sick right like that that was like the i don't know i just found that like rather patriarchal also (laughs) also it was just like a week or so before they came out with serb as well so that's why i had to go through sicky eye because they hadn't invented serb yet which would have been a lot easier i think so yeah i guess the same (laughs) amount of money but it would have been a lot more straightforward i think calling repeatedly and it would it would cut me off like it would just not go like it would just hang up on me or you go through the hoops and loops of calling oh press one press five press six and then it'd be like no too many people and hang up on you so finally, by like the fifth day, I finally got on and I had to I had to be on hold for five hours. Holy shit. Yeah. With like <sighs> this like light, jazzy Mexican music. <laughs> it was stuck in my head for like the next week. I swear to God, like this tune was in my head. <laughs> the sounds of COVID? <laughs> I'll have a flashback if I ever like <laughs> hear it again. It's gonna be like, like back in Nam. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have like flashbacks of concerts, so I'm like, I've heard this live. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> That's what this is gonna be like. <laughs> yeah. Just not a nice nice flashback not a good flashback (laughs) so then i finally got her got to talk to a real person on this ei quest Uh, i asked her about mat leave and how i'm like is the mat leave hours going to be changed due to all of this and she she had no idea other than tell me that other people have asked and they still don't have an answer Mm. so that was that was great uh and the the question that i was weird Anyways, so that took an entire week of my time. And then probably just after that, I had the fruition to buy all my veggie seeds in advance because I just, if I'm thinking about food shortages, other people must be as well and that they're going to grow a garden. Plus, yeah, now they'll have more time to grow a garden. So I made sure I bought all my seeds and I'm really glad that I did. So that was my last two exciting weeks of March. Uh, and then in April, our dog Ella passed, and we were thankfully at least able to go in to put her down, but we couldn't go in for the majority of this emergency vet trip. And it's really weird bawling your eyes out in a parking lot and having a old couple stare at you. <laughs> um, so you couldn't go to the vet during that time? Was that you or... could bring your pet there? But you couldn't go in. But we wow. were, but we were at least we were allowed to go in because the, they did all the tests. It took like an hour and a half as we were waiting in the parking lot, and then they said that she um, should probably go to probably be put down. And so we were allowed to say goodbye to her and have her um, put down in front of us. Oh, okay, that's that's good. Like that's important. Yeah. yeah. Say goodbye. And then, so after that, I'm pregnant, laid off, and our dog just died. So the five days after that were not kind of, I was depressed and Jake couldn't deal with it and kind of scared because he's like, I don't want you to be this sad while you're pregnant. So we bought some baby goats, Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. Mm -hmm. So that was you getting ready for your maternal instinct? 
Yeah, they actually like they helped me gain confidence in like having to get up and like feed something. Like it was only three times a day with them for the first little while, but just like having to take care of these little baby bottle goats um, gave me a little more confidence in my own uh, motherhood. They are so cute. Yeah, they did. They definitely, definitely did help uh, distract me. I guess you could say, and like get me off the couch and outside. So that they're definitely very helpful with that and then in may we figured out that i could probably uh work from home to so my my supervisor yet again advocated for me to hopefully get some hours so that i for my maternity leave because you need a, a minimum of 660 hours so i started working from home it's also may so i start going to nurseries and i noticed I only went to one because I was trying to limit my time outside with other yeah. people. But uh, masks weren't mandatory yet, but everyone at this nursery was wearing a mask. Mm. It was kind of, it was spooky because like you just, it's not something, now it's norm, uh. normal-ish to me. But at that time it was, it was quite uh, freaky, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's like. No other time in your life have you seen a whole bunch of people just picking around at flowers or anything wearing masks. Yeah, it's like that. It's like you'd always see that in movies when it was mm-hmm. apocalyptic or, you know, when there's something wrong. And yeah, so I can imagine that. <laughs> I wasn't wearing a mask. And I wonder if anyone was like, is anyone judging me? Because I'm clearly <laughs> pregnant. Um, Look at that asshole. <laughs> yeah. I stayed my like six to 12 feet away from everyone and it was outside. But after that, I had another thinking that, you know, these masks might come in, uh, might become mandatory. So I got a local tailor in Richmond to make some for uh, Jake and I uh, that became really handy for doctor's (laughs) visits and stuff. Uh, And then, uh, so that's, I was still going to the doctor and they were only that's when they started only doing um phone calls for most people so like if you were sick or anything else most of your doctor's visits were done through the phone to limit contact but being Mm. pregnant they literally had to see me to like to check on things yeah it was really weird going to the doctor's office and nobody else was there that was really odd I just feel like that would be such a strange experience. Like, just, I, I don't know, like, just the silence of it all. Yeah, it was very quiet. I only saw the one person check doing all the tests and then my actual doctor briefly. And that was around, the first time I went, it was around, like, lunchtime. And I, I guess they ordered pizza at, and I walked out and like they're all sitting about six feet apart in in the the waiting room where they all just kind of stare at me because like there's not supposed to be any patients. <laughs> they're like, oh, what's she doing here? We was having a personal private pizza party. <laughs> <Yeah>. Whoa. <laughs> like I got like a glare or two. I don't know if that was just like in my like, head. Shit. But I, yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I'll leave now. Bye-bye. <laughs> I think we've had like a few of those kind of moments. So um, working in the restaurant in the summer, 
you yeah. you have to close down early because of guidelines, right? And then you close down the bar, and then the employees who might have a drink after work, but then you're you're all just sitting there, like outside on the patio having a drink, and everybody thinks that the bar's still open, and you're just mm-hmm. like, no, like this is just all staff, you know? Like you're just like, ah, who is this person? Like, you feel <laughs> like you're just like. I, I think because you just you think you're in your own private bubble and then all of a sudden, especially with the pandemic and everybody being so used to isolating, you're just like hyper aware when other people are around. All right. OK, I'm going to talk about June and then okay. all the exciting <laughs> stuff that happens. I'm going to talk about June now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Beth, what happened in June? <laughs> so I'm, I'm still uh, working from home. I feel pretty blessed. I can have like an awesome view outside and I'm like, man, you know, everything's kind of shitty, but I feel (laughs) really like in the world that I feel kind of lucky to for my situation. And sometimes when I feel like I'm just like, it's just too lucky that something might happen because I shouldn't be that lucky. And lately it has always been disproven. So I, I, but this time I thought of it and I'm just like, oh, I'm too happy. What's going to happen? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I'm uh, like that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After like, you know, shitty things happen and then you're just like, oh, uh, nothing shitty's happened lately and I'm too <laughs> happy. Life's too good. Life's- <laughs> What's going to happen? This is too smooth. Where's the next train wreck? <laughs> <laughs> so shortly after that thought, on June 26, I woke up and my uh, figured out that my water broke. Kind of started slowly. And then as I'm reading the pregnancy book of what this could be, because it wasn't blood, uh... The water broke and I leaked and Mm. I called Jake and I said, we need to go to the hospital. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, pretty sure. And then I called the hospital and said, I'm coming there. I, my water broke and they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm sure. I won't go into how I know that, but I knew. So I probably had to change my pants about three times before I even left the house. And then I just gave up. And it was a very quiet, very, very quiet ride to the Queensway. We didn't really say much. It was about 7.30 in the morning. And then I go through the doors. And usually there's like a uh, they ask you all these questions due to COVID, but I was like, clear. I just, all I said was, I'm leaking. Mm-hmm. And they rushed me to the birthing clinic. And then the lady's calmly asking me my name and where I'm from. And I'm in such a state that I just start saying, I'm leaking, crying. <laughs> and that's when the nurse came and they took, they took me and they're like, come on with me. So I'm crying down the hall going, this isn't, it isn't time. I'm leaking. Like, I just couldn't stop saying I'm leaking. I'm leaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because I'm, uh, what's that word? 
in shock. I'm in shock. So yeah. I'm in shock. So all all I can keep on saying is, I'm leaking. I'm leaking. Uh, they check me out. Yes, I have. They confirm that I have broke my water. And they put monitors on me. And they shoot me up with steroids to make sure that if he, the baby did come out um, soon, that uh, the lungs would have like a shot of to make them stronger. So that hopefully mm. be able to uh, breathe. And they don't deal with preterm babies of that age of 26. It's like I was 25 weeks pregnant. Oh, so they don't deal with that at the Queensway. They're better equipped at the general. So I got to take my first ambulance ride from the Queensway to the general with a mask on and trying to stay as calm as possible. And Jake had to drive over, right? Yeah, Jake had to drive over, and I was really impressed that he found the place because he is not a city driver whatsoever. And he especially was... in a state of panic. Yeah, yeah, I was like, he's gonna get into an accident. Eh. He was allowed in the in the first in the Queensway with me. Like he parked the car, came in, and they showed him the room that I was in. So all of us was there. And then when we got to uh, the general, uh, he had to wait in a separate room while they were doing the initial assessment. Mm. The um, paramedics brought me into this little white room, and. They just started discussing uh, my condition with the nurse on staff because the information had not been shared to her by the Queensway yet, and uh, for their own for their own privacy, yeah, they shut the door of this little white room, and Ooh. I don't know what clicked inside, but. I don't know if it just finally clicked that all this was happening or I was finally able to, to have more emotion that I was that like, I done all that I can. I just started wailing. I just couldn't stop. It was very scary. I think, I think the whole, like everything that was happening was finally sinking in and I'm by myself in this little tiny room without my husband. Mm. So I'll always remember that feeling. Uh, but then shortly got my shit together shortly after that they they came in and did the assessments and uh, Jake was able to uh, come in after they asked him a whole bunch of questions and checked everything out so I had to stay at that hospital for a week they had me on um, antibiotics for two or three days Jake was the only one due to COVID uh, that was able to visit me from uh, only from four till eight. If anyone else visited me, then it would just be them. So like if I wanted my mom to visit me, then for the rest of the week, it would have to just be her. It wasn't an interchangeable uh, guest list. Uh, But I do feel lucky a little bit because if my water had broke the week before, Jake would not have been able to be with me at all which I found out from one of my I call them roommates that shared a room with me because she had been there already a month and a half and 
she had just been able to see her husband uh, in the last week. Oh, wow. Okay, so it had just changed. Yeah, so for her, she couldn't see him for the first month and a week while she was in there. And some nurses cared about having a mask on. Like, you you personally having a mask on and some didn't. So Mm. I think it was, like, their personal preference. uh, Because they all had masks on, obviously. So the little guy stayed in to cook a little longer. And they sent me home on bed rest. Uh, Therefore, I uh, couldn't really do any more work because I wasn't allowed to sit at a desk for more than two hours. And my boss agreed with me that any minute of work that would make him possibly come out sooner was not worth it. So I discontinued my online work and sat on my couch and looked outside for, I don't know, another month and a half, I guess. So like about August, eh? Yeah. He was born August 12th. And um, before that happened, um, my mom and one of my best friends had planned a baby shower for me. Because I've always wanted a baby shower. And first, like, we thought it couldn't happen. And then some of the rules changed. So they we decided to have groups of four come for an hour. So then you're not over the amount of people that you're allowed to have. And hopefully be able to have it outside. Mm. And before that, people were doing, like, drive-by baby showers. Just chuck the gift out the window. <laughs> like, hi, here you go. Bye. Congratulations. Like at least it's at least it's something, but it's not what they imagined, right? Like Yeah. And, um so we were hoping they planned the shower for August eighth, I think. So we were that at that time I'd be about thirty three weeks. So mm-hmm. we were hoping that Ari would stay in beyond that point because I said that if he if I did give birth before and and then he'd obviously be in the NICU that I would not be down for a baby shower at all it just yeah. would feel, feel weird you know I just I would just want to be at the NICU with my baby not having a baby shower it would just feel odd so he's still in. So we have uh, the first part of my baby shower on the Saturday and it went pretty good. And then that I was going to have a second part on the Sunday um, at 2 a.m. on the Sunday. I started having uh, what I guess were contractions, but didn't really feel like textbook contractions. I didn't know like what the actual sensation of a contraction was. And there wasn't anything consistent about it. And it it did go away. So I wasn't rushing to the hospital right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I wanted to have the rest of my baby shower. So I had the rest of my baby shower. And halfway through, I'm having contractions again. And people are saying, you should probably go to the hospital. I'm like, I totally will. So we uh, took our time. We made my bag of stuff. And we went and got food because we didn't the last time we went to the hospital and we really, really regretted it. So it's nice 
casual back to the general you're like you're just used to it (laughs) it's like oh okay (laughs) what's happening now um so i landed on the sunday uh they checked uh they monitored my tummy again checked his heart rate to see that he wasn't stressed out and did an ultrasound and monitored other stuff um i wasn't dilated at all uh so they just kept me uh in the birthing or mommy baby unit no i think it was in the birthing unit for the first day to monitor me to make sure nothing happened they gave me some more drugs to for the pain some of the pain to go away and to hopefully like slow down his the the contractions so maybe he wouldn't come out mm-hmm. so it was in and out from each ward and then on wednesday he was born at 101 in the morning in the afternoon in the afternoon Mm-hmm. And Jake was allowed in. Uh, you had to get all suited up and masks and such. There was nothing really different about that other than because he was a preemie. Uh, they had to whisk him away to make sure everything was okay. Uh, so I didn't get to hold him right away uh, like mm. I had imagined. Yeah. Uh, and I was not allowed to hold him for the next three days. Because he had um, an IV in his belly button, giving him nutrients and food. So they didn't want me to dam- wanted anyone to damage that. So mm-hmm. I couldn't hold him for the first three days. And it was the hardest three days of my freaking life. I can't even imagine. I don't, I don't want to go back to the feeling of that. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't either <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to be napping and he's just watching mommy talk on the phone and he just had a big yawn he's like i want to be a part where you you're talking about me <laughs> <laughs> this wants to be a part of everything <laughs> yeah so he was in the NICU for three and a half weeks due to they had uh he had to be 35 weeks old minimum to get out at this time he was when he was born was 33 weeks uh he had to be eating or drinking from a bottle or breast for uh, 48 hours straight but uh, due to him being so young he didn't have the sucking motion quite yet so they Mm -hmm. were feeding him through um a feeding tube through his nose and uh he had to be able to regulate his own temperature which he did within a few days of being there and he had no problems breathing uh, right from the get-go yeah. so and he was over you also have to be over 4.8 pounds and he was five pounds when he came out so like everything everything that could have happened he he was pretty he's pretty healthy we just had to wait for him to get to 35 weeks old and be able to drink on his own which took just a little tiny bit more. And due to COVID, only Jake and I were allowed to visit him in the NICU. And we were not allowed to visit him together. So uh, as a family, we only saw him 
for about two minutes after he was born. Oh, wow. In the recovery room and he was in his incubator. So I have a picture of me touching his foot. That is the most connection we got. And uh, when we switched from the general to the Queensway with him, when they were doing checking him at the Queensway, Jake was allowed to come in while they while they checked him all out. So we got to see him again together then for twenty minutes or so. And the part that's weird at the Queensway when they transferred him is that they gave my baby a COVID test which is the same as a adult COVID test and didn't give us a COVID test. And they put him back in an incubator until they got his results. Cause at this time, like he was already out of the incubator, but like I came in the next day while he's still in the incubator, took him out and held him. So him being an incubator didn't make any sense, and it didn't make any sense that we didn't get a test as well. No, because he's not—he's not leaving the hospital. He's not leaving the hospital. We are, and we're the ones touching and holding him. So yeah, it, uh, that's fucking bananas, man. Didn't make any sense at all. I still can't believe that. I've still, you know what? I've done everything I possibly can to have not having got a a COVID test yet. Yeah, <laughs> like everything I possibly could, and I so I can't even imagine. Like, and I like for poor baby man. He did Holy it really shit. well. Well, he's all new. He's like, I don't know what this is. Maybe this is a regular thing. <laughs> <laughs> He had like a little, eh, and then he stopped. So, but he's like that with like shots and things too. He doesn't really cry for very long. That's good. He's tough because he's just like his mom, right? And his dad. His dad has very low pain or high pain threshold. Sorry, which is good when you're a farmer. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, wearing the mask for like more than a few minutes. Like, now, like, I'm not going to complain about wearing a mask for three straight hours because I know people uh, at work have to wear it for, like, you know, eight or 12 hours straight. But just yeah. thinking about how, like, my child's own first almost month of his life kind of weirded me out. But and or, and it weirded out other people even more. They're like, oh, he's going to be scared, like, when they see him now if they have to have a mask on. But it's normal to them. Yeah, he's like, no, who's more afraid of my actual face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he only had like a quite like a strange, like you know, experience for a baby. That's for sure. Like that's you know, like you did, but so, so did he. Yeah, he's and he's you know he's he's not a sad. Like he's he's very calm, relaxed baby. All the nurses said, like, had never, like, he barely cried whatsoever until he got home. But that might be because he was too young but to cry. But there was other babies the same age as him there, and they were definitely crying. So, little chillax, baby. Well, that was, like, something we were even talking about um, before with you. Like, how, like, you probably skipped the whole postpartum um, depression part because you went through so much um just to you know 
just to have Ari and you had like you had to have so much like strength and determination and like um just I don't know just ha- like how you would have to manage you know you had to manage your stress in probably one of the most like stressful situations a person could ever go through you know just remember like in your last semester of pregnancy you're kind of in this really big nesting mode and I was just on the cusp of like painting his room and I had a couple other things on the go that I wanted to do and I wasn't able to do them and usually the way I manage my anxiety is by cleaning the house and so I wasn't allowed to move around so just uh yeah not being able to distract myself with my usual go-tos that was hard Mm -hmm. they did thought that I was gonna have some sort of depression but I was only just really I was just sad that my baby wasn't with me at home that I was sad about that but that's not the same as postpartum depression the way I feel, I think I know what some of it means, but I, I definitely can't explain it in words. And since I never had it, I don't think I should explain it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I see. I know what you mean. I just yeah. had high anxiety. And they yeah. had people, uh, they had like a nurse call you every week and they're like, how you doing? And then they'd ask you all these questions like, um, do you feel like hurting your, like trying to make sure that you and the baby are safe? Like, or do you feel like hurting yourself? Do you think like everything's your fault? And then you had to answer on a scale of one to ten. So mostly I was just anxiety, 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 yeah. just worried. And you had a lot of people helping you out, like with those things that you mentioned that you wanted to kind of do on your own, like your nesting things, but um, or activities. But you had friends come in and help paint Ari's room yeah so I I, some of my I got to keep busy tiny bit by uh, organizing who can help me with what because we had a lot of people ask if we needed help and Jake is very uncomfortable with people asking that and I said don't be just give them a thing to do a good one is make us some food so a lot of people would make us food to eat um because when we were at the NICU or just in general like he works all day it's just nice to have someone else make food for you Mm -hmm. and I had a couple different people help paint the nursery and my mom would come and do a little bit of cleaning here and there which was really funny because she doesn't usually clean stuff (laughs) wow this pandemic's really had an impact on people (laughs) (laughs) She has a cleaner. She has a cleaner okay, that does okay. things. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it was funny to see my mom do these things that I've never seen her do. I was yeah. very thankful for it. Um, it was just, just like, I don't know, being like a kid and being like, that's funny. I've never seen my parent do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like the last time we talked, it was before they'd done... Um, all the new Ontario. It's been like quite the farce in the past couple of weeks since we've talked. Um, yes. <laughs> so I know last time we were talking about like mental health and uh, just like the fact that you feel like you're breaking the law just to to kind of get human connection. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. On that note, like, yeah, I don't, I don't see too many people unless they're here working on the farm. Mm. Then they're already kind of have to be part of our, our bubble. Um, Brianne and and my parents, Mm. which are retired, and they don't really, they don't see anybody either. And I don't want them to miss out on their first grandchild. So that's pretty much all I see. Yeah, for me, like I've had like a couple of walks outside and, you know, I have a balcony. The weather's been good, but actually yeah, it's outside is a good, good thing. Yeah. It's just like now I, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm keeping, keeping to myself a little bit more probably for the first time really since last year, like just because it's gotten so bad, but. Yeah, that and the variant. It's like, okay, well, maybe maybe I could uh, survive the OG COVID, but what about this variant? Like, And then what if I get sick and so sick that I have to go to the ICU and the ICU is so filled up and you're the last patient. So it gets to be like Italy where they're picking and choosing who has the best opportunity to live and who doesn't. And that's kind of, that's what's going on in India right now. They just have people sharing hospital beds. They have to cremate bodies. Like, and I think like the privilege, you know, standpoint, everybody still has that kind of like they're just like really disconnected by it because of their privilege that they already have. But I, at this point, like especially like you said with the variants, and you know, I'm vaccinated, but I don't have any idea how that protects me. Like a from covid <laughs> like covid og as you said like the original of <laughs> <laughs> uh, from like the new variants mm-hmm. like i you know i have no idea and it's hitting people who are younger and younger and and you know there's folks dying at home so i mean we kind of like it's it's always been to the point where it's like been serious you know we can blame the government all we want but there's other things that like we have to be personally accountable to yeah. Like, so I like just looking at things objectively, we, we can be like, oh, well, you left, you left Walmart open. It's like, okay, well, just don't go to Walmart. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. Well, you left it open. So I should be allowed to meander around the store for 40 minutes looking at crap uh, whenever the fuck I want. No, nope. yeah. no, Karen, you can't. You can't <laughs> like- go there whatever you want you get in get your whatever you need like toilet paper possibly and uh and get the fuck out like yeah and you can get that at a grocery store yeah i um there was somebody i don't know i probably i actually i'm not gonna say this because i'd be calling out somebody's facebook post and i don't want to do that (laughs) why not let's trash talk some folks The Holy Fool podcast. <laughs> hey, you want to trash talk someone? You want to be on my show? <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's funny because the last time we talked, we were just kind of like, well, you know, like, fuck this. Like, it, you know, it was getting to us. And I feel like at this point, we're like, shit has gotten real. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, the inconsistencies not- of the rules are still there, but yeah. In the end, like, you got to govern, you basically have to govern yourself and be like, in the end, stay home. It's simple as that. Just because the rules say this or that, which, yeah, don't make any sense. Uh, I'm glad that they shut down the golf courses because the kids can't play on the playground. 
old rich boys shouldn't be able to play on their playgrounds either so yep 100 percent. and you know like that was kind of like when i was working at the restaurant and folks are like do you feel safe do you feel safe and i said i'm like well we're all we're all kind of responsible for ourselves and how we we manage ourselves right like how like are you washing your hands like are you wearing a mask are you distancing are you limiting your trips like you know you can you could still have like some freedoms but you you have to minimize contact and like make sure that you know you're keep, you're just doing the even if you do the basic things right but yeah um but it's not just cuz the mall's open it doesn't mean go to the mall you know yeah. like so i mean yeah the government really fucked this one up but uh <laughs> but i also feel like yeah there's personal accountability as well so but they don't know what they're doing either like it's not like they've been through a pandemic before there's no real handbook on it unless you like go back to 1918 well you know i was saying that to a friend last night because they were struggling like with with some stuff and i was saying i'm like you know everybody's kind of going through the same thing and we don't have a rule book i'm like there's no rule book for this and say, like, if the Earth survives, they go through this in another 100 years or something, the rule book's going to be different because the world's going to look different. Like, mm-hmm. we can't, like, we can't exactly follow the same guidelines from 100 years ago, you know, like some of them you do, but because the world's changed. And I mean, we're so much more privileged in this day and age that, like, you, you can be inside your house and there's so many different ways to contact people, you know, but... I don't know. I like I've been working all through the pandemic. So for me, it's like living alone has been like a godsend because especially when I was working in the group homes and you just come home and you want to be by yourself. But I know it's been a struggle for a lot of folks like who are living alone. But I also know it's been a huge struggle for folks who are living with their families and for like a lot of dads who have never been home with the kids. <laughs> they get to see what, what it's like oh, for their partners. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, any other partners who aren't usually in the house, like, even, but, uh, yeah, so, it's just, it's an all, like, whole new experience for everyone, really, but Ari had, had a pretty, pretty new experience coming into the world. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about, um, regarding your experience in the hospital, or? No, I think I, I touched on all the things that I wrote down uh you had three questions for me are you ready yep okay so first question is not just through your experience giving birth or your pregnancy but like just through your whole experience with the pandemic and COVID-19 what did you learn about yourself I learned that I do not need weed or beer on a daily basis and have (laughs) more strength and willpower than I thought originally yeah that's because you are a badass right (laughs) (laughs) just like so badass i do not need these things to survive i went through the (laughs) worst parts or the not worst but the hardest parts of my life so far without their aid so therefore anything else i should also be able to get through without feeling numb to feelings that's a good one and second question, 
what did you learn about your relationships with others or just like or with your partner with your family uh well coming from like a perspective and the covid lockdown that i really found out who i uh like trust and need in my life like and i'm not saying like it is a pandemic people are word and not necessarily like they still love you but that doesn't mean they're gonna contact you the same and that's that's not what I mean just me personally who I need who I need in my who I need to talk to in order to feel good (laughs) yeah in order to feel sane the third question is what did you learn about the world and society as well. The world Earth on its own would be better without us. Um, just how many people truly are just that stupid, selfish, and or ignorant, un- mm. unfortunately. I, I never, I didn't really, I guess I had a more optimistic view on people's intelligence. And now now I don't. I, I do yeah. not. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried mean... to give people the benefit of the doubt, and now I, I don't. Now I, I think I'd be more inclined to have them prove to me their intelligence instead of thinking that they're intelligent and then being sorely disappointed. I feel like a lot of people, um, their bullshit tolerance is like with the pandemic was very, very low because it's like everybody's in survival mode. So you really don't have the extra energy to filter through other people's bullshit like you just you can't you're just on the edge it's like you don't have patience for it right (laughs) that was like one thing i found yeah just like no no time yeah Um, like you you definitely prioritize your energy because without knowing it or not being in a lockdown or this covid situation still drains a lot of energy from each and every one of us yeah without even knowing about it well it's just there's been so much hidden stress like people don't even realize and then the like a small thing will happen and and you get a response right like a lot of trauma responses that come come from it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you know you know that you're worn down when a silly little thing that wouldn't have bothered you so much before pre-covid now is like is a game changer for the day that that you're emotionally exhausted yeah i found like myself like i just like got like more direct um just with people like i just like you don't have time to do all the all the extra stuff that you might normally do like you know you're talking about giving somebody the benefit of the doubt or sugarcoating things or it's just Mm -hmm. there's no time for that and like i like i sounds like that's something like You'll probably carry on. <laughs> I, I know it's something I will too. I'm very afraid to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I feel like I'm going to be some feral mm, mama bear lady that doesn't know <laughs> how to talk to people at the office anymore. Because I'm so different. I used to be like more people pleasing. And now I don't care as much mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I don't know if I want to keep my job but well I guess you'll figure that out soon enough <laughs> yeah I well and I, I told you earlier but that'll be probably another another conversation um you know I 
I quit my full-time job after five months because I just, like, I don't, there are very, very good reasons, and I gave it, like, a really good try, but at the, like, there's, you, you really, like, I don't know, with the pandemic, you kind of, you really realize how much you should value your own time and don't stay anywhere you're not appreciated because life's way too short for that. Correct. So, last question. What's that? Is it some farming equipment? It's Jake's F-350. Oh. You might have... Uh, kind of, <laughs> is it some it kind of truck? Like a, yeah, it is. It sounds like a jet. Okay. <laughs> it's <Right>. taken off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like what is that um spaceship so last question which uh actually this question was provided by beth what are some of the good things that came out of the pandemic well i'm just gonna keep it kind of kind of light um one due to the fact that i wasn't at work during the uh time in my pregnancy where i was a gigantic whale i had no random belly touchers and unsolicited advice from uh fellow moms varying of ages uh so i definitely didn't miss any of that so that that's one two uh once ari was in this changing world, um, Jake and I could um, have some happiness in and hope um, uh, with his wonderfulness. Is that what I wrote? Sorry, <laughs> sorry to keep me going with his wonderfulness. Yeah, so you were just really high. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was. Oh, the wonderfulness! <laughs> just that, like you know people in other situations uh once they were done their job or they're laid off and and you can't go anywhere there is nothing to uh mentally distract you from your from uh your current problems in the world and your own personal so um having Ari around um definitely uh kept us uh happy happier and three it benefited us because uh, we sell beef so more and more people either didn't want to go to the grocery store or uh or as much um or the prices of beef so we sold we uh acquired more customers to sell um our beef packages oh wow that's amazing mm-hmm you know, and I, I wonder about that, too, because you know what? There's a few times I've, I've gone to the store recently and like a lot of the beef, they'll be putting it on for like 50 percent off or this and that. So I'm wondering, actually, now I'm like, maybe because people are are ordering more locally then. I think so. Beth, it's been a pleasure. Me hopefully, as well. Yeah, hopefully this is the this is, you know, the, the right one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully we don't have I to feel good about again. this. I feel yeah, good. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. Um, so thank you so much for doing this and, and sharing your, your story and your, and your vulnerability with me again. I feel like, you know, if we have to do it again, it'll be like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hope not. And enjoy the rest of your day. And I look me forward too. to everyone else hearing that story. Hello, everybody. I just realized I did not introduce myself at the beginning of the show. My name is Terry. Uh, so this is my first podcast ever, first recording, first time editing it myself. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. 
I had a lot of fun making it. I just wanted everybody to know you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, although um, I'm not a huge Twitter user, so probably won't be on there very often. You can also email us at holyfool at gmail.com. And anybody who is interested in submitting a pandemic story, a COVID story, something interesting that happened along the way, COVID related or not, or maybe it's something that you kind of discovered about yourself from just doing lockdown or any kind of like self-reflection, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can send an audio file, you can send uh, something written, just so everybody knows, it can also be anonymous as well. Feel free also to send any feedback to the email address, you know, be kind, um, <laughs> be critical if you want. And yeah, so thank you very much. And I hope you enjoyed the episode and I look forward to hearing from some of you folks and look forward to sharing another episode with you in a few more weeks. Take care. <laughs>